You're listening to the Informal Bible Study, a casual and applicational look at the Scriptures. I'm John Stonge, and it's great to have you with us today. In just a few moments, we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, and we're going to be talking about the fact that Christ has a kingdom that will not be destroyed. But before we take a look at that, I wanted to tell you about something special that I've been waiting to reveal, and now it's finally completed, so I can share about it with you. Now, if you're already on my newsletter list, you've already received information about this online. But for those of you who aren't, I wanted to tell you about a project that I've been working on all throughout the year. You've probably noticed on our website that we've been releasing, one month at a time, a series of devotionals called Desire Jesus. And initially my plan was not to release those month by month, but I thought, you know what, that might be nice to do. But my real goal was to release a one-year devotional in time for 2018. And just the other day, it was published. And it's available right now on Amazon.com in both Kindle edition and in paperback. And I noticed that they just reduced the price of the paperback on Amazon. So that's certainly good timing. (laughs) But I also want to let you know this. The Kindle edition is obviously less expensive than the paperback edition. And I want to do a favor for the listeners of this podcast that is kind of like a mutual favor. If you pick up the Kindle edition from Amazon.com and leave an honest review for the book and then send me an email to let me know that you did that and you include your mailing address, I'll mail you a free paperback copy at my expense. And I'm willing to do that for the next 50 people who leave a review of the book. So hopefully that's something that's beneficial to you. It would certainly be a blessing to me if you took the time to leave a review of the book. But I'd love to get a copy of it into your hands. So right now, Desire Jesus, the one-year devotional, is available at Amazon.com in both Kindle edition and paperback. And I'll include a link to the book in the description of this episode. Now, as I mentioned just a few moments ago, today we're looking at Daniel chapter 7. And this portion of Scripture is a prophetic portion of Scripture that references Christ and his kingdom. And it tells us that Christ has a kingdom that will not be destroyed. So if you would turn with me to Daniel 7, and we're just looking at verses 13 and 14 today, but this is what it says. I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and we thank you for the totality of the scriptures and all the things that are contained within them. But we also thank you, Lord, for these prophetic portions of Scripture, like what we read here from Daniel chapter 7, that point to the future kingdom of your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray that as we look at this portion of Scripture, that we would be reminded of the fact that Christ leads a kingdom that will never be destroyed, and through faith in him, we have the privilege to be part of that eternal kingdom. So, Lord, we commit ourselves to you today, and we thank you for this time to meditate on the truth of your word, and we pray that by your grace that you would speak to us now. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 
The other day I was reading an article about what's currently taking place in Venezuela. Uh, you're probably familiar with some of the things that are taking place there already, but basically their government and their economy, it's been collapsing. And there's been a lot of unrest. There's been a lot of disorder. The article was talking about how people were very low on food. It also mentioned a man who, not too terribly long ago, had been a little over 300 pounds. But now, due to the scarce availability of food, his weight had dropped, believe it or not, to around 130 pounds. So this man's lost 170 pounds just because of the scarcity of food. That's quite significant. And as the crisis continues to drag on, what's happening is people are fleeing the country. And neighboring nations have started to enact policies on how best to handle this large influx of immigrants who are trying to escape Venezuela while the country appears to be collapsing. Throughout human history, you could see lots of examples of leaders and nations that rose to power but later collapsed. Some nations managed to last a long time. And some didn't. If you're a student of uh, history from World War II, you know that during the 1930s and the 1940s, one of the things that Hitler used to promise the German people was that he was forming a government that would last 1,000 years. That's one of the things that he used to tell uh, the people as just a, a, just a, a comment of rhetoric. But we could see how that all worked out. It certainly did not last 1,000 years. But I think deep down, I think that there's a longing within all of us to be part of something bigger. We want to be part of a strong kingdom. We want to be part of a kingdom that has righteous leadership. But even the best historical examples can only give us a partial taste of what that looks like. We will only experience that in its fullness when Jesus rules and reigns on this earth in his righteousness. And the scripture that we're looking at today from Daniel chapter 7 tells us that Christ leads a kingdom that will never be destroyed. Now, in the midst of looking at this, there's a few things that this portion of scripture points out to us that we should notice. And one of the things that we find in verse 13 is that Jesus is referred to as the Son of Man. Look at verse 13. It says this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a Son of Man. And he came to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. Daniel was a fascinating man. He's the prophet that the Lord used to write down this portion of Scripture. And the Lord spoke to and through Daniel for quite a few decades during the course of Daniel's life. Daniel was consulted by and trusted by multiple kings throughout the course of his life. Uh, He's also somewhat unique in Scripture in that usually when people are emphasized in the Scripture, we're shown different information about them related not only to their successes, but also to their failings. And uh, the biblical narratives tend to make a point to show us both sides of the people that are being emphasized. But that's not information we're given about Daniel. We're not told about Daniel's failings. We're just told about Daniel's faithful walk with the Lord. And in fact, Daniel happens to be one of my favorite examples of men in the Bible who listened to God's voice and walked in close fellowship with the Lord. And I have to say, for that reason, my wife and I chose to name one of our sons Daniel. Now, the Lord revealed many things to Daniel, and the Lord allowed him to glimpse and reveal to us future events in world history. In this book, Daniel multiple times spoke of Jesus Christ 
He spoke of Christ's kingdom. He spoke of Christ's incarnation. He spoke of the fact that Jesus would be cut off or killed. Uh, And he did all of this over 500 years before it took place. But Daniel could also see that the death of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, wasn't permanent in nature because he would come to eventually lead a kingdom that would never end. Now, in the vision that's described in this passage, Daniel is shown Jesus Christ coming before God the Father, who is referred to as the Ancient of Days. Jesus is spoken of as a Son of Man. Interestingly, throughout the Gospels, Jesus intentionally made use of that phrase as a name for himself. It's a messianic title, and those who were familiar with Daniel's prophecy during the course of Jesus' earthly ministry could have understood that Jesus was indicating that he was the Messiah when he spoke of himself with this phrase. In fact, this is what it says in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28. Jesus said, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. That's something Jesus was communicating. He was telling people, he was indicating the fact that he is the Son of Man who is prophesied in the book of Daniel. The Son of Man designation or nickname or phrase is also a phrase that shows the humanity of Jesus. This is the aspect of who Jesus is that we tend to think about quite a lot during this time of year. During the Christmas season, we see images of Christ as an infant in a manger. And even though he has always existed, we speak of our Lord's birth because in that moment we see our Creator taking on flesh and walking among those he had created. And why did the eternal Son of God take on flesh and walk among us as the Son of Man? Well, there are two aspects of Christ's ministry that people talk about most, and at least two that they regularly forget to mention or don't mention quite as much. So we regularly speak of Christ's birth, and we regularly speak of Christ's crucifixion. But we don't speak enough about his earthly life or his resurrection. Now, all have significance, and all should be spoken of and referenced. But Jesus took on flesh in order to live the perfect life on this earth, which was something that we could not do. And he kept and he fulfilled all the requirements of the Old Testament law. When he died for us, he did so after having completed this task on our behalf. Jesus lived his days on this earth in humble obedience to the will of the Father, and he invites us to trust in him and do the same. So what does that look like for us? What does it look like to walk in the steps of the Son of Man? What does it look like to welcome his redemptive presence into our lives? Well, here's a couple ideas. I think, first of all, we can approach every day with faith that we are under the Lord's watchful care. I think, secondly, we can attempt to identify with the struggles and sorrows of others because that's what Christ has done for us. Next, I think we can show grace and favor to others regardless of whether we think it's deserved because, again, that's what they've shown to us. I think, fourth, we can humble ourselves and be willing to associate with all people. Jesus did that. He's called his followers to do that as well. 
Next, I think we can do this. We can mirror his sacrificial spirit and give without care for what we receive in return. Jesus gave. He came and he shared. He came and he blessed. It wasn't about what he got in return. It was about what he was seeking to do for us on our behalf. I think also we can show compassion because we understand what it means to receive it. Jesus did all of these things for us, and he empowers us and he invites us to display his loving heart and his compassionate heart to others as people who have been grateful recipients of that kind of blessing ourselves. Just the other day I heard of an act of compassion that warmed my heart because it reflected Christ's sacrificial humility as the Son of Man. A man named Craig Wells, he's a resident of the UK, he shared this online, and I just read it. He said this, Today I was having a nice meal with the family when I was drawn to Mark walking along the street without any shoes on and his toes hanging out of his socks. Immediately I ran outside to catch him. He mentioned how he didn't have any shoes and that he would certainly love a pair. And I asked what size he was, and he was exactly the same size as me. And he has in parentheses here, coincidence? I think not. So I took my shoes, which were my favorite trainers, off, and I gave them to him. He then started to cry and gave me the biggest hug, saying how nobody has ever been so kind. He then went around the corner out of sight and put the trainers on and reemerged, still crying. As we left the restaurant, he was outside. We hugged again, made sure he had shelter for the night, told him he is loved, and that we will be thinking and praying for him. We got emotional and parted ways. I then proceeded to walk around Nottingham with just my socks on until I could replace the shoes. (laughs) And Craig Wells later in the post also acknowledged that he did this with gratitude for the ways in which Christ had blessed him. Jesus, the Son of God, came to this earth as the Son of Man to rescue and redeem mankind, and he invites us to walk as he walked. Something else we see in Daniel's prophecy is this, that all nations will serve Jesus Christ. Look at the first part of verse 14. It says this, And to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. When we look at this chapter of Scripture, we're given two equally important glimpses of Jesus. He's shown as one who is willing to associate with humanity as the Son of Man, but he's also spoken of as one with great glory and great power. This passage speaks of Christ's kingdom, and it tells us that all kinds of people would come and serve him. Christ came to this earth the first time in humility and meekness, but promises to return in power and glory. And I think it's fascinating to consider the fact that all people, nations, and languages will be present in Christ's kingdom. This is just like he promised, and precisely what he encouraged his followers to prioritize. His gospel has been intentionally shared, person to person, all throughout this world, to people of all kinds of backgrounds and languages and nationalities. Parents have made Christ's gospel known to their children. Friends and colleagues have learned it from each other. The apostles and other missionaries have risked their safety and the comforts of this earthly life to travel to distant places to make the good news known. As a result, 
There will be people of every background joyfully present and joyfully serving Christ in his eternal kingdom. Have you ever taken the time to learn how his gospel made its way to you? Now, I don't know the whole chain, but I know a few of the links in my own life, and it, it, it goes like this. So prior to moving to Guatemala to serve as a missionary, there was a young woman named Grace who was teaching Sunday school at a church in Massachusetts. She shared the gospel with her Sunday school class, and it was a, a class primarily of young girls. And one of the girls in that class shared the gospel with her parents. Her parents then began attending that church, and sometime after that, her father became convinced that he was being called into pastoral ministry. So he answered that call to pastor a church, and he moved to northeast Pennsylvania. I'm from northeast Pennsylvania, and my family was invited to attend that church by one of our neighbors, and the congregation that that pastor led paid for me to attend summer camp at a Christian summer camp. And while I was at that camp, I understood the gospel, and I trusted in Jesus Christ. And I just learned, just a little over a year ago, some of the aspects of that story, but I was fascinated to see the chain of how the Lord worked to bring the gospel to me. This is the kind of work the Lord does, person to person, and he accomplishes it all throughout this world with the intent that people of all nations receive him. And that's something that Daniel said in this prophecy was going to be the case. And one other thing that Daniel reveals here is this, that the kingdom of Christ will remain forever. This is how he phrases it in the second half of verse 14. It says, His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. So in contrast to the kingdoms of this world that come and go with the generations, this scripture speaks of Christ's kingdom as one that shall never pass away and never be destroyed. Now, there are many ways, I suppose, that we can react to that information, but the kind of images it brings to my mind are pictures of victory, security, infinite power, and true justice, all displayed by Christ. During this season of history, it can be tempting to lose hope because of the, the rampant nature of sin and pain that we are continually forced to witness in this world. But this glimpse of the future with Christ at the helm bolsters the nature of our confident hope in him. There have been challenges to Christ's kingdom, even from the earliest days of his earthly ministry. Look at what it says in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 6. It says this, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. 
We know that when Herod heard that information, he was fiercely jealous of the thought that Jesus was considered by some as the king of the Jews. And so what he ended up doing was he took the lives of many children in that area, in that region, in an attempt to exterminate this perceived threat to his rule. But Herod did not and could not succeed in his effort to snuff out Christ the king. The challenge for us now is to live as those who are grateful for the privilege of being part of Christ's kingdom. Scripture actually reveals to us, and this blows my mind a little bit here, but Scripture reveals to us that the Lord will grant those who trust in him now the privilege to reign with him in his kingdom. Isn't that amazing to think? Look at what it tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 11, down to the first part of verse 12. It says, The saying is trustworthy, for if we have died with him, we will also live with him. If we endure, we will also reign with him. That's what the Scripture tells us. Well, before we reign with him, we have the privilege to learn what it's like to be subject to him. We can allow him to call the shots in our lives, or... We can try to exterminate him from our thinking, much like Herod attempted to do. Daniel's prophecy reveals to us that Christ has a kingdom that will not be destroyed. And although he he first came to this earth in humility, the day will eventually come when all nations will serve him. Those who trust him now can rest in the security of being a welcomed part of his eternal kingdom forever. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word, and thank you for the privilege to be able to look at it together today and to meditate on the fact that you have a kingdom that will never be destroyed, and that through faith in you, Jesus Christ, we have the privilege to be part of that kingdom. We have the privilege to reign with you. Lord, I don't know how that's all going to work out, because just as we're subject to you now, we'll be subject to you in eternity. But we know, Lord, that your word is true. And as you've revealed these things to us, Lord, you invite us to have a confident hope in your power to fulfill what you have promised. So, Lord, we pray that you would foster that in our lives. We pray that we would trust in you completely, that we would rejoice in the gift of salvation that you have granted to us, and that we would mirror your heart and your actions in the way that we interact with others and conduct our lives on this earth. Lord, thank you for these reminders from your word today. We pray that by your grace that you'd speak to our hearts. And we thank you for all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you again for listening to this episode of the Informal Bible Study. As I mentioned at the start of this episode, if you take the time to purchase a Kindle copy of the Desire Jesus one-year devotional off Amazon, and then leave a review for it on Amazon.com, Be sure to send me an email to let me know that you've done it. The next 50 people that do so, I will be happy to send a paperback copy of the devotional book for free. It'll be at my expense as a way to say thank you for helping me out by leaving a review. The link to the book is found in this episode's description. I hope it'll be a blessing to you throughout this coming year. And to send me an email, you can just stop by our website, desirejesus.com. And once you leave the review, send me that email, include your address, and I'll make sure to send a paperback copy to you right away. But that's it for us today. Thanks again for listening. We hope you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. And we look forward to catching up with you again right here next Monday. Take care. 
I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.